Good morning. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this past week, a pastor in Charlottesville, Virginia, shared an interesting fact with me. See, he lives on a farm, works about five acres with a friend of his, and over the past couple of years has really gotten into the agricultural life. So he's learned to grow some of his food, raise hogs, and this past year has even begun keeping bees. And uh, this is where he shared this interesting fact with me. You see, he and his friend, they uh, started small. They purchased just one hive, and over the course of a year, managed to make about 25 pounds of honey. Now, uh, he had something interesting to share, as he shared about the ins and outs of beekeeping. He said that during the spring and summer months, uh, the busy months for beehives, the average hive, uh, the average worker bee, uh, will live a little longer than a month, about six or seven weeks. By itself, it's uh, not so interesting until you learn why. You see, during the busy months, these worker bees will work so hard that they literally work themselves to death. You see, they spend so much time uh, flying around and collecting honey that their bodies will simply give out from sheer exhaustion. And so he said, it's not uncommon to see a worker bee flying through the sky and then fall out of the air as its body gives out beneath it. You know, as he was uh, sharing this information with me, I found myself reminded of how many of us often feel in our busy, problem-filled world. I mean, there's work and school appointments and meetings, and on top of our long to-do lists and our overflowing inboxes, uh, there is the need to pay the bills, raise the family, care for others, and so much more. And, and when you finally set all that stuff aside, there are the other problems we face in life, problems like war and terrorism, caring for the environment, and, and doing something about immigration. And so, you know, if you're anything like me, then maybe it feels like you could just use a little bit more peace in your life. And if that's the case, uh, then Jesus' words are meant for you. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. You know, this past week as I was reading these words, and and even as I speak them now, I feel my body just kind of sighing with relief. Because Jesus promises people like you and me, promises us peace. And so that brings us to today's reading from uh, John chapter 14. And it's that infamous Thursday night. uh, Jesus gathers with his disciples in the upper room. Bread is broken, the Passover is shared, and the feet of all are washed by their master. And as you likely know, in just a couple hours, one of his disciples will betray him. A detachment of Roman soldiers will come and take him away. And by this time tomorrow night, Jesus' body will lie dead in a tomb. But if you're one of the disciples, you'll have to wait for these things to happen because the meal is barely over and Jesus' words have just begun. And and while this evening's been about love and celebration, your conversation takes this unsettling turn. I'm only going to be with you a little longer. That's what Jesus says. And 
where I'm going, you cannot come. I mean, it's this troubling comment, and so it's no wonder that Peter begins to argue with Jesus, because he can't leave yet. I mean, if he leaves now, that's it for you. I mean, if he goes away, the Jews are still going to come after you, and it's not like you can just go and return home. I mean, you left your jobs behind. You left the tax collector's table. You dropped your nets to follow him. And so as Jesus says, peace, I leave with you, anxiety begins to collect in the pit of your stomach because you know that if Jesus leaves now, there's no way he's going to leave peace with you. Well, this past week, I uh, decided to look up the definition of peace. And the dictionary, at least uh, the dictionary on my computer, defines peace as follows. The absence of something negative. The absence of conflict or trouble, hurt or pain. You know, this is uh, the kind of peace that's so often sold to people like us. The kind of peace that says, uh, I'll guard your borders or protect your home. I'll remove the threat of flood or fire. I'll take away the hurt or pain. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled because I'll take all of these things away from you. But you know, when uh, you graduate in the midst of a recession and you're looking for your first job, or when you flip on the radio and uh, hear about another terrorist attack, or you know, this past week, uh, when you're laying your son to rest long before his time, You know nothing's going to take away the trouble. And that's why Jesus never makes that promise to us. I mean, he says instead that when the conflict comes, and and we all know it will, it's not going to conquer you. See, Jesus' peace isn't the absence of something negative. It isn't the absence of conflict or trouble, hurt or pain. Jesus' peace is the presence of something more. It's the presence of the one who says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. This is the peace I leave. And it's my gift to each and every one of you. And over the past couple years, uh, I've developed this fascination, this interest in uh, commercials and advertising. There's just something about 30 to 60 seconds of video that can uh, either bring you to tears or double you over in laughter. Yet even more than that, uh, commercials have this power to reveal what, uh, what we really long for in this life. And if commercials have anything to say, it's, uh, it's that we really long for peace. I mean, maybe you can think of the, the dozens, the countless commercials uh, that speak this way. You know, the commercials for the car company that has high safety ratings, or, uh, you know, the bank with that great reputation, or, or the insurance company that, uh, as a package deal, will protect your auto, life, and home. But, you know, my, uh, my favorite commercial, the absolute best, in my opinion, uh, about peace isn't by uh, one of these little or often known uh, companies. Instead, it's produced by a shoe company. There's a lot to say about the way in which we find peace in our busy, problem-filled world. See, it features a young woman named Allison, a capable waitress at an upscale restaurant. And even though it's her first day on the job, 
She's got things under control. I mean, she skillfully takes orders from her customers, and then she pours several glasses of wine. Everything's going well, the narrator says, except for one thing. And that's when the camera cuts down to the floor, and there's this little puddle of water right behind her, and, and you know what's going to happen next. I mean, she takes a step back, slips in the puddle, and comes crashing down to the floor. And to make matters worse, uh, she brings a customer his lunch and uh, any hope that she had at being a waitress down with her. Yet the most insightful part about this commercial comes as uh, she's looking up from the ground. See, a voice asks, did she really forget to wear her Skechers slip-resistant shoes? <laughs> you know, and then the, the scene, it cuts to black, and uh, the following words appear on the screen. Skechers, peace of mind on the job. You know, I think it has a lot to say about the way in which we're often told to find peace in this world. We're often told that if you're going to find peace, you've got to do something about it. You've got to work hard and earn lots of money. You've got to forget about the past and think about the future. And in an election year, you're told that you've got to vote for this candidate and, and belong to that political party. And, and while none of these things are bad in and of themselves, they have this way of making peace often feel distant and elusive. Like this thing that's uh, just beyond our reach. You know, it's in a world like this that Jesus says to people like you and me, my peace is a gift. It's a gift to you, and you can't earn it or buy it because I already have. You simply need to receive it with open arms and know that no matter what happens in this world, my peace will follow you. And you know, just uh, three days later, this is exactly what the disciples discover. You know, once again, they're in an upper room behind a locked door for fear of the Jews, and Jesus appears to them. And this time he says, peace be with you. And perhaps for the first time uh, that week or in their lives, it strikes them that no matter what happens in this world, Jesus' peace will follow them. Now, uh, there's a well-known story, a great story, about uh, the hymn that we just sung, the hymn, uh, When Peace Like a River. And as some of you may know, uh, it's written by a Chicago attorney uh, named Horatio Spafford. And following the great Chicago fire and uh, the loss of his son, he decided to take his family on a European vacation. And so in November of 1873, his family set out for New York City and was about to depart on their voyage. Uh, when an unexpected event uh, called to his attention uh, and required him to stay there in New York City. So he sent his family ahead of him and promised that he would join them as soon as possible. Except about halfway across the Atlantic, uh, his family's ship collided with another vessel and in just under two hours disappeared from the ocean. While his wife was counted among the survivors, all four of his daughters perished. Now, days later, he discovered the terrible news and booked his own passage. And on a cold December night, uh, just a week or so later, as he was about halfway across the Atlantic, uh, the ship's captain called him aside and said, I believe we are now passing over the place where your daughters died. And so later that night, he returned to his cabin, and he wrote the words uh, to that familiar tune. 
When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And that's what the peace of Christ does. It doesn't take away the conflict or trouble. It doesn't remove our problems or pain. Instead, it enables us to lift our gaze from the world around us and say that no matter what happens, because of Jesus, it is well with our souls. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.